If you're a daddy, this commercial just tears you up. If you've got little girls, for sure. It's a car commercial, and, and the daddy is telling the little girl, he's telling her about, uh, well, I want you to watch the road, and you need to do this, and you need to do that. And, and uh, you know, she's, the little girl, if you remember, she's, okay, daddy, okay, if you can remember. And, and I don't know who this little girl was. I don't know how they got her to act the way that she, uh, the way that she acts, but um, she, she took those keys from him at, and she just grinned. They must have told her that she was really going to drive that car. <laughs> but we are looking at what the daddy sees. He sees his little girl about to drive out of the driveway as a little girl. In reality, she's, she's grown up. And it's time for her to go. Time goes by so quickly, doesn't it? That's what we talked about this morning. You know, the most expensive thing we've got is our time. How are we using our time? Mommies and daddies, husbands and wives, how are we using our time? Are we using it wisely? We send these children, we send these babies out into the world. And the world has lots of mean people in it. And things are, are going to be bad and we know they're going to get hurt. And, and how do we deal with that? I mean, there's just so much, much trouble in the world. Many homes and families in and outside the church are in trouble. Families, that family, facing something that we don't understand really. They're in trouble. Your family, I, you know, I don't know each and every one of your families, but, but every one of us have somebody that's going through something or they're about to go through something or they just came from going through something. No doubt... You have shed tears. The thing about it is, you you will again. Fifty percent of all marriages end in divorce. Half of all the children in the United States live with one parent. Our young people are being bombarded by the evil one from birth, it seems. 700,000 young people drop out of school each year. Almost 6,000 young people commit suicide annually. 52% of youth fatalities are alcohol related. I read that places like the Mount Dora Children's Home, the, the Tennessee Children's Home, and others, state and local organizations in the past 20 years have seen a 300% increase in the placement of children outside the home. Each day, now look at this, this is amazing. Each day in the United States, there are 2,795 teens who get pregnant out of wedlock. There are 372 teens that miscarry. There are 1,106 teens that get an abortion. 
There are 689 babies that are born at a low birth weight. There are 69 babies that die before the age of one month. That's every day in the United States. 27 die from poverty. Six teens commit suicide every day. 1,000, excuse me, 135,000 students bring a gun to school every day. 7,742 teens become sexually active every day and 623 of those teens get VD. 3,288 each day run away from home and 2,989 see their parents divorce each day. What should we as Christian parents do? What should we as Christian parents teach? What should we say? when faced with such daunting statistics. You ask this question in a crowded room, you're going to get a crowded answer. Many times what you teach your children depends upon what you know as a parent. And we as parents, we have a responsibility to do just that, to teach our children what we know. Hey, hey, we're pretty busy, right? And we've got a lot of things going on, don't we? I mean, there's so many good things. Do we do all these good things and we skip out on the better things? I am commanded as a father, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, to bring my children up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And you know what? Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I'm not a very good daddy. Sometimes I'm not a very good parent. Oh, I may, I, I may look like it. I pay the bills. I give them lunch money and I buy them stuff for school and their birthdays. And I may at times measure their spiritual growth by what's going on. I mean, are they coming to worship? Are they coming to Bible class? Yes, they are. I mean, is it good parenting to see that they do? Yeah, 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 it is. Do I, have a responsi- do I have a responsibility to tell them myself about the truth? Do I have a responsibility to tell them about salvation? Do I have a responsibility to tell them myself about sin, myself? Do I have a, a responsibility to tell them about the traps that are laid for them? Yes, I do. Let's not take it for granted that our children know Bible truth. Let's not take that for granted. Parents, let's not take it for granted that our children understand about alcohol and drugs and and sex and pregnancy and gossip and lying. Let's not take it for granted that our children just automatically know those things. Let's tell them. Let's not take it for granted that our children know about God 
and the Bible and the church and false teachers and friends and salvation and obedience and and honor and eternity. The children here and and everywhere must learn to put God first. We have got to teach our children this. Put God first in their life. They must learn and apply this teaching to their life. If they do not, the devil will have them. That's a promise. They begin to learn this, this putting God first, by example. Your example. Our example. If we consider ourselves a family, like we do. They learn by the example of their parents, their grandparents, their aunts, their uncles, their friends. Each and every one of us. I, you know, I, I, I still agree with Mrs. Clinton. It does take a village. It does take each and every one of us. Watch out for these kids. Our children will know to love the Lord with all their heart, with all their strength, with all their mind, with all their soul, when we do and we teach them. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. But we cannot use our parents as a scapegoat. Just because your parents never taught you these things doesn't give you an out. All are commanded to seek, I forgive you. All are commanded to seek the kingdom of God, to get into Jesus, into his church. And the pursuit of everything in life must take a back seat to seeking first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. Because when you do, all the things that you need will be added to you. Parents, we must teach our children that they are made in the image of God. That they did not crawl out of some primordial ooze, grow legs, become a monkey, and then over billions and billions of years become a man. Just as someone intelligent designed and made the watch that I... I wear on my my wrist. Our intelligent God designed and made you. Every child here should understand the first three chapters of Genesis and the first chapter of Ephesians. Where in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 the Bible says that we were made in His image. And that if you become a Christian, Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 5, you have been chosen before the foundation of the world was laid to have every spiritual blessing found only in Jesus Christ. God, the intelligent designer, made you with a purpose. A purpose you can have. A purpose you can hold on to because the purpose is God. If we put God first, the God who made us will also keep us alive if we do His will. Luke ten twenty eight. So many today, though, run on, on feelings. 
They try to, they try to do a little bit of truth and, and a little bit of feelings. It's kind of like those hybrid cars. You know, Brother Shockley, Brother Cron, y'all have got some of those hybrid cars. You know, it runs on a little bit of gas and a little bit of electricity. Well, so many people try to do that. They try to run on, on, on feelings and truth. And they try to feel their way rather than walk by the light of the gospel. Brother Tom Holland said to our graduating class at preaching school that what's coming down the road and being driven by the false teachers is an undermining of the word of God and that's proven to be true. Parents, our children should know that the Bible is the word of God. Any book that claims to be totally right Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 and the standard for going to heaven or hell should grab your attention. Kids, you may not understand it all, but it's, it's okay. But you can right now, Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Don't try to impress me with what you know. Show God what you know. Show God what you know. So that God will be approved. On the last day, I don't want you to be ashamed. Ignorance is not bliss, nor is it an, is it an excuse. From the Bible, parents, our children will learn that there's only one church. Parents, we must make sure that they understand this before they get tricked. That Jesus died in order to purchase his church, Acts chapter 20 verse 28. And that all that should be saved are added by God to his church, Acts chapter 2 verse 47. No one is saved who is not in the church. For as the husband is the head of the wife, Christ is the head of the church, the Savior of the body, Ephesians 5.23. God's people are in the church. Acts chapter 2 verse 47, Acts chapter 8 verse 1, and Acts chapter 12 verse 1. God's people are the body. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. God's people are in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27. God's people are the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 and 23. Collectively, God's people are the churches of Christ. Romans chapter 16 verse 16. Because Jesus said, Matthew 16, verse 18, that he was going to build his church. It's the church of Jesus. It's the church of Christ. It's where we are a family. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 15. We as parents know that our children will meet many people. And they will make many friends throughout their life. But we also know and we must tell our children that there are some mean people in the world. It can be disappointing, to say the least, to run into somebody that wants to hurt you or be mean to you. Especially when that someone was a friend or 
or a family member. That's why it's so important to choose your friends wisely. We must tell our children, parents, to choose their friends wisely. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33, evil company corrupts good habits. The Bible gives examples of what can happen when you choose bad friends. If you turn over to Proverbs chapter 1 beginning with verse 10, this story reminds me of something that happened in my life. It says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. In other words, what this, what this person is saying is he's trying to get that young person to come and be evil, do evil, act evil, to, to lie in wait for people and kill them and send them to hell. Just because they can. I remember in my life, a friend of mine from high school, Steve. He had gone home to see his parents. He was a deer hunter. He usually carried a he had a carry permit. He usually carried a pistol with him. His nephew and three other boys broke into their house in the middle of the night and that nephew of his, with a mask on, shot his uncle in the back. Also, they could steal his grandfather's guns and get some drug money. The judge during the trial told one of the young men, the last one that they picked up, he said, you're the worst culprit of them all. If you hadn't have gone with them, none of this would have happened. Because they needed four. They only had three and they said they needed four. Every one of them in their testimony said they needed four. They just needed one more to go with them. Steve would be alive today if that one had said, nah. Wicked, mean people. Or in the world. And they, they may even be your own kinfolk. You'll have to deal with them. We need to tell our children. They're going to have to deal with them. And make sure to put God first when they do deal with them. Even Jesus had to deal with wicked friends. It says in Matthew 26, verses 48 and 49, that he had one friend turn on him while he was in the garden praying. And with a kiss, Judas betrayed our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in that garden. With a kiss. Let me tell you something. They had to be close for that to happen. You know, you're... you're childhood friends kids your childhood friends someday will be adults and your love for the truth and being right with God it may cause a separation between you and your friends even your family but Jesus said Matthew 10 37 he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me choose your friends wisely carefully and along with choosing your friends wisely you must choose your mate wisely God hates divorce 
Malachi 2 verse 16. Divorce is terrible. God wanted it to be one man, one woman for life. And and there's only one reason someone could divorce their spouse and remarry, and that's adultery. Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 11. Choose Christian friends. Choose a Christian spouse. So many have a definition, though, of who a Christian is. Obedience to God, in many cases, has become secondary. To the children hearing me this evening, please understand that baptism is important. The Bible we all believe in says that you cannot be saved without water baptism. Matthew 28 verse 18, Mark 16 verse 15 and 16, John 3 verses 1 through 11, Acts 2.38, Acts 22.16, Romans chapter 6 verses 3 and 4, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9, Galatians chapter 3 verses 26 and 27, Ephesians 5, 23 through 26, Colossians 2, 11 and 12, Hebrews 10 verse 22, 1 Peter 3.21, all tell about the importance of water baptism in salvation. Some of your friends are going to tell you that all of those verses don't matter. Some are going to tell you with ignorance that baptism is an outward sign of an inward grace. That's a lie. Don't believe it. What they are saying is you don't have to be baptized to be saved. But the Bible clearly says, Colossians chapter 2 verse 12, that we are buried with Christ in baptism. Remember, we are commanded to be baptized and we must obey God. Parents, we need to make sure that our children know that we expect them to obey us as well. This is a command to children. They are to obey their parents. Children are commanded to obey their parents. Children, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1, are to obey their parents in the Lord. Why? Because the Lord wants you to. The children, same verse, you are to honor your father and mother. Fathers. I talked to you this morning. Let me talk to you just again. Just a minute. Fathers, make sure your children honor their mother. Make sure they do. If you see them back talking to their mother, you make sure that you step in and don't let that go on in your house. Mothers, make sure that your children honor their father. If you see them back-talking their father in your household, will you please step in and make sure that doesn't happen? When you do, you are helping them obey God's command. Not my command, not the daddy's command or the mama's command, but God's command. See, if your child honors their parents, it says there in Ephesians chapter 6, there's a promise. 
It says it will go well with them and they will enjoy long life on the earth. And that's a promise. If you love your children and you want them to live a long life on the earth, help them to honor their mother. Help them to honor their father. Children, if you want that in your life, honor your parents. Obey your parents. Kids, sinning is wrong. Hell is hot. And there's no such thing as a little sin. And if you don't repent of your sins, you're going to be out of favor with God. 1 John chapter 1 verse 6 says, If you have fellowship with God, but you walk in darkness, you lie and don't practice the truth. Young people, you need to understand this. This is very important. Eternity is forever. Eternity is forever. I know right now you're young and it doesn't seem like eternity's ever going to get here. But it will. God has promised it. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11, it says, One day the Lord will come back like a thief in the night, and the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and everything will melt and burn up. Knowing eternity is forever will help you check yourself. Knowing that eternity is forever will help you check your motives. To live a godly life. And know that you're made in God's image because he gave us his word. And his word says that we're part, of, we're part of one church. But watch out. Watch out for the wicked. Watch out for the mean that will try to pull you away from all the truth and from the one church. Make sure your salvation is secure. Make sure that your baptism was correct. And if you're in doubt, if you're in doubt, you need to make it right. Don't ever be in doubt about your salvation. If you ever doubt it, make sure you're saved. And know that sin is black, hell is hot, and eternity will be forever. Unbelievers will not be saved. The unrepentant will not be saved. The closet confessor will not be saved. You must tell us that you believe Jesus is God's Son and then be baptized into Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Be more than a statistic. Be more than a statistic. Be God's child. 